Welcome to the Finding Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Liz McComish. Just like a seed holds all the knowledge it needs to grow into the plant it was destined to be, I believe you hold all the wisdom within you to create the most amazing life. Join me and my special guests as we explore the path back into your innate wisdom and teach you how to harness it. This is your life to live your way. Welcome to the podcast this week and our topic is God is not in the church. So what's that saying? Like never talk about religion and politics? Well, let's go. We're going to do both in this podcast. And those of you who know me well know that I have a personal connection to um, kind of developing my philosophy around God and the church. And I'm not going into that today. Rather, I'm going to talk about how our power gets really misplaced in, in the world and how we can consistently look outside ourselves for for belonging, for hope, for love, um, for power. I mean, I think power is really the biggest one because every time we look outside ourselves for anything else, we are misplacing our power. And unfortunately, it works in the best interest of many institutions or many systems to encourage us to look outside ourselves for everything that we want, for all our deepest desires. And, you know, there are some followings that sort of talk about like not having desires and that desires are what make us um, have any kind of suffering. And, you know, I personally don't really believe that because we can desire things in our lives and desires can help us to grow, they can help us to achieve things, they can help us to learn more about ourselves. So, for example, um, you might be in a relationship with someone that you really desire. You desire that person and that desire is beautiful, right? But then there can be problems that happen within your relationship and because you love that person, then you desire to grow within that relationship. So, yes, there is this sense of suffering there that you're in the present moment space where the suffering is between you and that person. However, your desire to want to be with that person helps you to grow and our desire to want to be better people in the world, to want to create more, to want to um, learn more. All those desires can help us to grow substantially as people in the world, right? But we have to know who we are and what we really want. Oh, interesting, the rubbish truck just drove past. Perfect timing, right? Because this podcast is all about just dumping the rubbish out of our lives. And in rubbish, I mean the ways that we look outside ourselves for fulfillment. And I think the reason that we do look outside ourselves for fulfillment or security, safety, love, whatever it is that you're going to name it, um, because fulfillment can come you know, under many different words, right? I think it's a twofold process. I think the first one is that there's a level of indoctrination that we get. So indoctrination into uh, systems. So we're born into like a family system. We're born into a social system, a community system, a school system, a health system, a government system. So the political system, there's the politics word, um, 
many of us are even born into church systems. We go to church every Sunday, um, do the right thing by everyone and, you know, so on. But these systems indoctrinate us in a way. So when we're born, we're born without that. We don't know that this reality into which we're being born has all these rules and regulations and belief systems. And so as this little tiny baba that's born into that, who's really, I guess, innocent, is that the right word? Maybe it's innocent, more probably like a blank canvas. As, little, as a little baba, you're a blank canvas to a degree. To a degree, right? I believe that you are actually born with your own soul imprint and your own work that you will do in this world. But in terms of the systems around you, you are a blank canvas when you're little. So you can be indoctrinated with all the meaning that is in those systems. And the meaning might be that to um, to live a, a happy life, like you need to go to church every Sunday, that to be a good person, you need to go and do confession and um, then we learn further from there about, you know, what it means to be a family member, what it means to work in the world, what it means to have a happy life, what it means to be in relationship, what it means to be a good student or not a good student. Like, do you go to university? Do you go and get a trade? Do you not do any of those sorts of things? Can you see how all we can be indoctrinated into so many different types of meanings? And I wonder while you're listening to this, if you might consider like what sort of meaning were you indoctrinated into? What did you learn from your family? Like I learned that I had to go to university to be a successful person, that if I didn't go to university, I would never have success in my life. So I had this burning desire to go to university and but this desire came from a place of feeling like I was going to lack if I didn't actually go and get my, my degrees. Fortunately for me, I actually love studying. Like I'm the eternal student, so I'm back again. <laughs> I've been at uni several times and I, and I love it. So fortunately for me, I that was okay. That indoctrination actually fit me and who I am inside myself, my unique self. But for some people, that indoctrination doesn't actually work and they may be someone who is more inclined to go in the direction of, you know, maybe a trade or um, a spiritual following or something else that doesn't require university. And because the meaning in which, into which they were indoctrinated says to them, you have to, and they can feel like a lesser being. Interestingly, like several of my friends who are the most successful people that I've met never went to university. So it's it's changing. Times have changed a lot, right? But the point is that I'm curious as to what sort of meaning you were indoctrinated into. And that can drive our lives in many ways because when we believe certain things are required in our lives to, um, to have happiness or to have success, then we become like open to persuasion on many levels. So meaning that you take with you or belief systems that you have that could be actually really faulty, like the belief system about you have to go to university to be successful is actually a faulty belief system. It's not true. Like it doesn't hold up, right? If I decide that for a second, could say like, you know, if I have a belief system that, if I don't pay my taxes, I'm going to get in trouble. That's, you know, you can kind of test that belief system and it's, it's correct, 
<laughs> Unless I'm really good at dodging shit, like if I don't pay my taxes, I'm going to get in trouble. But can you see the two, the difference between those two belief systems, right? Like if you test one of them, it kind of holds up. If you, unless I move to a different country. But if you test, you know, the first one about you have to go to university to be successful, it doesn't actually hold up. It becomes a want more than actually a necessity. So where in your life do you have these kinds of meanings that you have learned and have become part of you that actually aren't true? So these can make it, these beliefs, these, these parts of us can make us um, susceptible to being manipulated. Now, if you um, believe, for example, that um, you need to have a certain type of marriage and a certain type of car and a certain type of house and live in a certain type of suburb in order to be happy, then you are really open to manipulation by advertisers for example, right, like because you have misplaced meaning into something and therefore every time advertising comes at you that triggers that that belief system that you have around what a meaningful life actually is and what a successful life is, then you're more willing to go and buy that product. And so this is something that is used, you know, against us actually on a daily basis to try and persuade us to be a better consumer, and I'm all for us being not very good consumers, right? I want you to be able to find within you what works for you and what you need that really deeply resonates with you. And here comes one of the issues is that when we feel internally like, um, like our body's not a safe place, so when we have a lot of dysregulation that goes on or perhaps a lot of anxiety, depression, uh, a lot of negative thought structures around who we are as a person, a lack of self-love, a lack of self-worth, then being within us, being within ourselves, feels can, well, can feel really awful, you know, because we, whenever we're in ourselves, we can experience that lack of worth, that lack of love, that lack of hope, that lack of confidence, and that lack leads us to look outside ourselves for like a God and whether that God be, you know, a spirit, whether it be material possessions, whether it be substances, whether it be other people, whether it be certain jobs, certain clothes, certain cars. I don't know. We create gods in a lot of things and if we define God here as something that we are looking for to kind of make us whole again, there are so many pathways we go down to try to do that when we feel like we're deeply lacking on the inside. And so this is where I come to this part that I started off this podcast about, which is God is not in the church. Well, not necessarily. No, well, I mean, you know, God might rock up to the church sometimes, but if you go to church, it doesn't mean you're going to go and find God there. We have systems that have been set up in our world that really want to draw us in. They want to use that lack to try and bring us in so they can get something from us. Unfortunately, it's, it's the way that the world works. And, um, you know, us having that lack of sense of self means that we are easily manipulated into having certain belief systems or searching for like fulfillment from places that are external to us. 
But if you think about fulfillment, like inner fulfillment, we can't get that from something outside ourselves. It's just not, it's not there. Although, except for my, my dog thinks so. <laughs> my little puppy's coming in for a big cuddle. So he certainly likes to get his cuddles and his love from me. And that's a different thing. Like intimacy with another person or an animal or so on is an entirely different thing where we, we meet each other and we give to each other in a really beautiful way. Now, when we're talking about um, trying to find our spiritual fulfillment or our self-worth in someone else or something else, it's not there. And I've seen this over and over again. I see it in these gurus, right, self-professed gurus who tell people that, you know, the way, the path towards spirit is through them. It's not. It's just a load of rubbish. The path to spiritual fulfillment is through you. It's not through anyone that is external to you. It's not through a building. It's not through a person. It's not through a particular faith. It's not through religion. It's not through a football team. It's not through a political party. It's not through a car. It's not through clothing. It's not through any of that stuff. The only pathway to spiritual fulfillment is through you. And the only way to find that pathway in you is to go in and work with whatever shadows are throwing themselves up that are causing you to want to find that fulfillment outside of you. And I know that's really big. We can live our whole lives searching outside ourselves because our inside world feels so dysregulated and feels anxious and feels like an icky place to be in, but it's not an icky place to be in. And this, I promise you. So we have, like, we can get layers of ick. This is, let's, let's say that ick is like, you know, that's a... That's a proper diagnosis. <laughs> the inner ick. We can get layers and layers and layers of inner ick from across our lifetime. We can pick up intergenerational ick. We can pick up ick from um, present life where there's people around us that hold a lot of ick and we sort of soak it up, we sponge it up, especially if we're a beautiful empath, it'll be like, oh, come on in, ick, right? And we can also create more ick from having had so much ick in us that we start to live in life in a way that becomes this momentous ick factory. And you know what I mean. That is about, you know, our inner ick makes us get really triggered by certain things. And so we create more and more kind of conflict in our lives because that inner ick is just exploding all the time. How's the ick going? (laughs) Right. Ick. Who wants the ick? Here's the key, is that underneath that ick, it's just like the ick is a layer. So underneath that ick is your spiritual fulfillment. It's right there just waiting for you. But because the ick feels so uncomfortable, we can be driven to go outside ourselves and try and find it. Like how often have you been to different retreats, different gurus, like read different books, um, found someone new to follow, shared different people's stuff on social media going, this is the answer, this person's got it, that person's got it, that person's got it. And what that does is it sets up this ongoing place of lack from which you operate and you give your power away to people outside you. So the church has done this brilliantly and I know it's not everyone in the church. And for a long time I really... You know, my feelings about the church were so um, 
awful for such a long time because for me the church represented a place where people's good faith was manipulated for power-hungry purposes, so for other people to take advantage of them. People would go in good faith searching, searching for spiritual fulfilment, searching for reaching for something that was, um, you know, like greater than humanity that they could strive for, you know, an eternal goodness that people could strive for. And that in itself is, that's beautiful, right? I mean, I think it's dysfunctional because it's outside ourselves. But apart from that, striving to bring something, some eternal goodness into your life, like that's a beautiful striving. And it got turned into, you know, you have to continually go through all these processes to even get to the goodness. And the goodness was through these figureheads who were human. Like that was the weirdest thing to me that you, there's this God who is all powerful, all loving, all beautiful, all accepting and so on. And that you, that God then creates us and we're born. But then we have to go through the human sacraments of whatever faith we're following to be accepted back. So little disclaimer here, I was raised as a Catholic. So a lot of my, um, a lot of what I'm talking about relates directly to my experience as being brought up as Catholic. So I was baptized. So you may follow a different religion or a different, um, a different faith and this is not so applicable, but um, the point still remains that. So for me, I was born and then I needed to be baptised by a man wearing a dress who's a human being in order to be accepted back to God eventually. And it never made sense to me. And then to go through the Holy Communion and the Confirmation and so on, it never made sense to me. And also I have institutional trauma. So it, it also felt so like um, like I was being manipulated and used and um, thrown in this space that I didn't want to be in. And I've held that for a very long time and I used to walk into any space and see a crucifix and, and just feel like yuck and feel angry and um, etc. Recently, however, and this is really the whole point of this particular podcast, recently a friend introduced me to a nun, a Catholic nun. And she said, I really want you to meet this person because she actually is an incredible example of spirit. And I sort of went, hmm, okay. (laughs) See how all my, like, judgments and everything were coming up in that moment. It was like, "Mm, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah, okay, I will. So I did. I spoke to her and I was actually in tears listening to her because she really was the most beautiful embodiment of spirit that I have ever met. And because she was in or she is in that Catholic faith, which I felt so let down by, to listen to her and she said something so profound to me and that was God is not the church and the church is not God. 
And that moment was like an illusion-shattering event for me because the word God or the name God had always triggered me, but it had triggered me because of my experience of the connection to or the promised connection to God through a church being manipulated and taken advantage of. So I had written off that word God and thought, I don't want to ever hear that word ever again. But speaking to her and finally having that penny drop for me, that they are not the same thing, it made me realise that there are so many institutions and people that act as if they are the channel for God or for spirit, or whatever else it is that they want to call it. Yes, I get that some people have done a heap of work and some people are more able to speak to spirit um, or speak about spirit or explain it or um, help others to reach spirit. But no one is like higher up in terms of being able to access spirit than anyone else. It's just not true. It's not like there, there are hierarchies, you know, like there's the CEO and then there's an operations manager and then there's a state manager and then there's, you know, the council um, and then the plebs. It's, it's not like that. Every single person has the same capacity to connect with spirit. Every single person, you, me, the greatest spiritual leaders that you have ever come across, we all have the same capacity to reach spirit. But here's the key. We have to be willing to go through the shadows that exist in our ick because spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, exists beneath the ick. And the pathway through the ick is what takes us to that light and I promise you that light is there and I promise you that people before you have been through their deepest ick, their deepest suffering and they have found the greatest beauty on the other side of that. Your suffering or your adversity towards suffering or the sense that your inner world is terrifying and too much for you and too overwhelming for you is what sends you to try and find that spirit somewhere else, to try and find it outside you. It is not outside you. It is in you. You have all the knowledge, all the wisdom. You have everything you need, all the love inside you. It's just about re-accessing re it. Every time you go and choose something else, whether it be a, a material possession or a substance or a guru or a particular following that you throw all of your power into or an exercise or whatever, food, whatever it is, you are just choosing something outside yourself that distracts you temporarily. It feels like it fills that hole of want in you that feels like it's never-ending, cavernous kind of space within that cannot be filled. Because it, it can't be. Like, it literally, it can't be filled. And you actually 
The other, the other thing that we do as well is we go and get all these things to try and push our shadows down to push the ick away. If I have that, I won't feel the ick. Like, have you ever done that, gone and had a drink in the afternoon and thought, oh, it just make me feel better? It pushes the ick away, but it doesn't make it go away. It's still there. When the alcohol wears off, it's still there. You can go to confession. You can say 3,000 Hail Marys. The ick is still there. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just beckoning you to come and to walk through the shadows that live within you, to find the light that is within you. And I implore you to do this because we don't need any more followers in this world. We need people to step into their unique light and share it with the world. Can you imagine if every person operated from light? Can you imagine what our world would be like? The joy, the creativity, the support we give each other, the incredible relationships we have with each other, what we would do with Mother Earth. It'd be amazing. Think about all the consumerism right now, all the suffering that goes with the consumerism, all the slave labour and the, the, the child slave labour and what's happening to the environment and all the rest of it. Like If people were to go in and find their light within, they wouldn't need to consume so much anymore. We would only consume what we really needed to consume. And in fact, we would find ways to do that, collaborative ways to create what we need together without having to be massive consumers. I mean, it's ridiculous. Some of the stuff that I see out there on, on social media that's, that, you know, selling this and selling that and selling big butts, and so it's like, what, the, where, where, what has happened to us? What has gone on in this world? That we're thinking, oh, my God, I'm only a good person if, I, if my butt gets bigger. No. You need to come back. Your light is within you. And I know it can get overwhelming. Being there, walk that path, and still when I find inner shadows, it's never like I go, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm like, oh, hold on, here we go, here's the next layer. But I know underneath that next layer brings me into more self-capacity, more power, more depth, more love, and more profundity in my life, more connection in my intimate relationships. It just, I become more and more me every single time I go through my shadows. And if that inner inner ick feels like it's overwhelming, you just go and get help, you get support, you start to walk through it, get support. You can do it and we need you to do it. Please go into your ick land, dive deep and find your light. We need you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like more information on tools to support you and your nervous system, I would highly recommend checking out my online nervous system regulation course. It is so in-depth. It takes all the theory and turns it into this felt sense that you can really deeply work with and you have ongoing access. So you can keep coming back to it over and over again. The link is in the description of this podcast or you can find more tips and advice on my Instagram page at Liz McComish underscore somatic underscore therapy. That's Liz McComish, M-C-C-O-M-I-S-H. Lots of love.